And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I have to tell you, I am so super psyched about this episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Wix. And I'm sure you've heard of Wix. Uh, our friends over at Wix, they know a thing about or two about turning a scrappy startup into a global organization that serves millions of people. They want to share what they've learned with Startup Hustle listeners in their new micro podcast series called Ready for Takeoff by Wix. When you tune into Ready for Takeoff by Wix, you get to hear from Wix founders and company leaders. They're sharing short lessons, really easily digestible lessons to help you build better programs, build better teams, and do it all faster. That is a topic that we love here at Startup Hustle, and it's one I can definitely get behind. Definitely subscribe, follow Ready for Takeoff by Wix wherever you listen to this show. Now, let us talk about the topic at hand. All right, so those of you who listen to the show know at this point that I am a super fan of innovation and technology, and I am extremely excited for this guest because we've got a, a really, really cool company that we're talking about. Now, we have with us today Suman Kanaganti. He is the founder and CEO of Personal.ai, and it bears mentioning he is also one of the winners of the top startup in San Diego by Startup Hustle list, uh, made the list. So Suman, congratulations. First things first, congratulations. And Thank you. To <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so we are going to, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, I'm sure. But the first thing I'm going to ask you is tell us about your journey. My journey, oh dear. Uh, my passion is about solving problems that are close to human being. Uh, I always like to say it often requires some convergence of technologies to start like real hard problems. Yeah. Um, always proud to kind of talk about my previous company, which is a convergence of AI and AR to fill the gap of missing visual information for blind people. And this company, Personal.ai, is more about augmenting people's uh, cognition and uh, memories for themselves and for the people around them. Uh, so yeah, so my journey has been, you know, begun with being an engineer, but uh, uh, had an opportunity to kind of build many different products into fintech. And uh, after I got my, you know, business degree MBA here in San Diego, I picked up this passion to, you know, picking the philosophy called like, you know, solve the problem and not human. And that's kind of where my majority of time is being spent these days, uh, creating those experiences for people. That That is incredible. And I think one of the things that stands out to me from your story is the fact that you are leveraging technology and clearly you're very well versed in technology, but you're leveraging it to help people. Uh, and, and so I, I actually, the first question that I want to ask you is about that. You know, would you say that you have a, a heart to help? I believe so. I think, uh, you know, given uh, I spent, you know, for the past 10 years just doing that, I, I think generally 
I tend to enjoy when people around me are happy. Uh, I believe I tend to enjoy giving. I tend to, uh, you know, generally, you know, put other people's happiness first before me, I think. And this is all coming from, you know, speaking from a position, looking, you know, in the past life and being, uh, building the companies for like so long. It's like what exactly happened with my life. So there is some sort of like a self-retrospective that kind of happened and Recently, I was talking to my co-founder, Sharon, and it's like, hmm, how did we land where we landed? Uh, and maybe that's what I enjoy. Maybe that's kind of, even if it's not a startup, maybe if I've been doing something else, probably I would be enjoying, you know, helping and making other people around me happy. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that again, struck me as you were talking, uh, you know, when I think... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, as an outsider looking in, when I think about artificial intelligence, I tend to think in terms of uh, austerity, like I think of technology, I don't think of warmth, you know what I mean? But the fact is you you can leverage technology, you can use technology to create great impact in people's lives. And so I wanna talk to you a little bit about what personal.ai like how you have entered that market and how you have how you have come to your mission yeah so ai is not new to me um and i think about problem first and then what technology is needed to solve it um and they will tell a little bit about personal.ai by actually telling about uh, my previous company it's called ira aira and if you see and like ai is artificial intelligence and it's this uh, idea of using the technology for creating these visual descriptions for people who are blind and low vision so if you flip the problem where seeing is not the problem uh unable to you know see is not the problem but all they need is this real-time live descriptions of happenings around you so that way you can negotiate with your physical environment that's kind of what we did. And for that, I needed AI. I needed humans. I needed augmented reality as well because they were actually wearing uh, glasses, which has a camera that is technically seeing for them and providing that live visual descriptions. Yeah. And the reason it is a premise for personal.ai is that philosophy of you don't solve the human, you solve the problem kind of goes with this company as well. Um with 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 the core genesis that you know ai generally has solved like business efficiencies over the past uh, you know 10 years 15 years for companies and has done tremendously well uh, however uh, we want to bring that to consumer and to individuals because it is really good at solving this core idea of augmenting yourselves with all your experiences and life and memories because we tend to often forget many things that we create and consume. So what if you actually have your own personal AI that is continuously learning your life, that is providing the tools or augmenting you individually, yourself, that understands your personality and your thoughts and your authentic voice um, is beautiful. <laughs> uh, so I think we always want to bring that, you know, humanness and the impact to the individual, even if it is a deep tech augmented reality or deep tech artificial intelligence, uh, you know, to ultimately create that utility for people. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to take what you just said and I'm going to apply. It might be a use case, but I'm going to ask you to like, tell me if it's not. 
I don't know. Have you, are you familiar with Casey Newton? Case, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am familiar. He's a journalist. And yeah. he wrote uh, one of the most compelling articles I've ever read. And unfortunately, I can't remember what it's called right now. But it was a long form article about grief and, and artificial intelligence and technology. There's a, a company out there that um, the, the founder had passed away and they had pivoted and they had created an AI experience around this gentleman who, who died um, based off of his you know social media postings and everything that they had gathered from his life, documents and home movies. And they had created this this artificially, you know, intelligenced personality profile so that the people around him and the people who loved him could quote unquote, speak with him. And so when you talk about using AI to preserve memory and things like, like, that's where my head automatically went. Is there some kind of intersection there? No, it's exactly what you are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked up Casey Nito. I, I do remember him because somebody else also just suggested that we should be potentially talking to Casey Newton because he has similar ideas. Um, and <laughs> That's the a great gen- article, by the way. If you haven't read it, yeah. it's one of the most uh, compelling things I think I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually believe I, I read it um, because, yeah, yeah, no, I t- totally like, you know, now that you're talking about it. So, I mean, the genesis for the company is a personal story of mine, which is this uh, uh, gentleman. His name uh, was Larry Bock. Larry Bock was my previous co-founder as well as uh, my investor and executive chairman. He's a super, super genius person. Uh, also very humble and very nice person. He created like around 27 different companies. Mm-hmm. The reason he was important to my life was he bootstrapped me as an entrepreneur and I learned tons of uh, how to actually build companies and move forward, you know, in the first 12 months of working with him. Um, and then he got pancreatic cancer and passed away uh, fighting with it, like for nine months. Oh, so and uh, I picked up this mantra called like, what would Larry do, right? Because it was devastating for me. And it was like, because in a way I was kind of learning and dependent on him, like to do many things in a startup world. Uh, it worked for me for a while, but there is this constant desire of being able to chat, uh, not just from like emotionally connection to Larry, but just generally what would he think about this particular strategy? What are the, you know, constantly like revisiting the things that he may have told me about techniques of like how to negotiate with the investors and whatnot. Like there are skills that are true uh, from him. Now, uh, so that that's that's the genesis of like you know basically his company and the idea and uh, uh, at at the core it's not just about talking to the people who passed away but at the core it's about how do you increase access between people that are not limited or constrained by the time and the status right right like if you want to interact with like Casey Newton for example like what is going on in his mind when he wrote the story I don't have access to him but what if kc.personal.ai is an AI that I could go gain access and interact with it. It's not just about reading to his content passively, but I'm actually mixing up my ideas, my context, my uh, motivations with uh, his content and his ideas and his thoughts and actually having a true interaction and conversation like I'm having with you. I think that is super most powerful thing with this company and with these models that we are building for people. Yeah. Well, and and that begs a, a 
really great follow-up. So thank you for helping me segue. But, you know, what what do you see as as the next step? You know, when we talk about technology, technology, it, it progresses so quickly. But I, I am sure that being in on the ground floor as you are, like, what are you hoping to see in developments at the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence? What are what are some of the ways that AI can deeply impact our human side, which almost seems like, it, you know, it's counterintuitive, but it's really not. <laughs> it's not it's right. The thing is, you know, when you look back, people see like step functions, the trends that happen in our world and in our lives and the technology penetration into our lives. For example, you know, when initially internet came about, uh, it was fantastic to, you know, create the businesses. But one of the most fascinating things that happened is the connection and the communication between the people across the countries uh, that has, uh, you know, happened. Uh, And now you, you suddenly are starting to you know, learn and understand different things, you know, across different globes uh, and allow you to do more things and benefit more things. And over a period of time, the concept of AI has evolved um, and it has evolved uh, both in terms of technically and applications in the uh, in the setting of like business world. For example, you know, it is kind of fascinating. You know, you go to Medium and you read an article and then you have 10 articles from, you know, Google or other platforms on what you would be interested in. Uh, and we have achieved that level of sophistication, but that AI is currently only solving for the for, for the platforms, right? For for, yeah. for uh, internet, yeah. for businesses, which is which is fine. You know, they're creator oh. utility. So, so just now, kind of, yeah. just, I'm, I'm going to interject here really quickly and sure. make sure that my, because I am not an expert in AI by any stretch. So let's just make sure. sure that is because with artificial intelligence, the context is provided by what you feed it, right? That is how you build, mm-hmm. you, that's how mm-hmm. you build it out. And so, so mm-hmm. there, there are gaps inevitably, and there is perspective by the people who are working. So is that correct? <laughs> no, it's correct. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, AI is nothing but a piece of code and the code is executed on top of the data. Right. And so far, what's have been happening is this code has been executing on aggregation of the data that uh, is coming from the consumers uh, yeah. to benefit the platforms. Again, it is creating experiences for the consumers and consumers wanted it. But now the awareness on the data privacy and the data use and the data techniques is shifting. Yeah. People are people are wanting to gain this utility by, you know, keeping the ownership of the data by actually having that utility shift to me rather than to the platform, and have some economic benefits around it as well. Yeah. So I think to your question, what's going to happen is the idea of the AI has to become more personal, more individual, more utility centric to the people, not just to the platforms. And that's not just with the AI. I think generally even the data capture, the devices are becoming more and more miniaturized. They are getting closer to us, into our homes, closer to our bodies, even maybe, you know, all the wearables inside the bodies as well. It's kind of creepy, but that's kind of what is happening. Yeah. so so, so the idea of like, hey, there is a tremendous amount of data and all these platforms are learning about us. Just let's flip the narrative. How about we have an AI that basically learns us and that becomes uh, almost like a contributor to you know the internet or the uh, or to the platforms. Um, so back to your question of where exactly 
uh, I think things are headed to. Uh, the idea of devices will get closer to us. The idea of AI actually will get closer to us, into our homes, into our devices. And in the future, I do tend to believe we will be carrying not just smartphones with a bunch of apps, but we'll be carrying devices that are probably inconspicuous that we will be using or wearing that has like AI baked in that understands us more deeply than ever before. And, and, um, and are these devices, we're thinking that they will constantly and passively collect data? They will constantly and passively not just collect data, but give you data. And I think the shift is more important because it's not just about collecting the data, it's collecting the data with the ownership tied to an individual and with an identity associated with it. Yeah. And that's a whole concept of, you know, decentralization and the whole, you know, Web3 world and the fight that happens out there. But it's going to take time. It's going to take time for people to even have this uh, understanding that the data that my biometric device is actually being capturing is going somewhere else. I don't have control over the data, who is using the data. But, but the awareness around the privacy and the data ownership is very real these days. Uh, and GDPR happened, right? Like, you know, it's already four or five years GDPR happened. Uh, so consumers and the new generations want control on their data and their utility, more transparency of what exactly is happening. Um, and it's going to be further, I guess, decentralized in terms of how these utilities kind of evolve from, you know, big tech to, you know, micro uh uh, economists, if you will. Yeah. Well, I, I want you to know, and this 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 happens somewhat often, but uh, I, I've been writing furiously on my little notepad. Uh -huh. So I have like five different questions that I want to ask you. But I think Sorry, I, want that. I know no, this is great. I love these conversations because I'm just so curious. Uh, <laughs> the question that I'm going to go with <laughs> right now, and then it, we, we might circle back to a couple more, but you've talked you have kind of baked into your explanations the the user experience. You've talked about making things more personal. You've talked about making adding more control at the user level, things like that. And, and and so that's been consistent in how you talk about integrating artificial intelligence into our everyday lives. And I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a very empathetic design. Uh, design thinking kind of, of premise that you seem to be operating from. But my question mm -hmm. is, how how are you as the designer developer, you know, how are you creating that cohesive, personal, controlled, you know, constantly collecting data user experience? Oh, so now we are getting into a little bit more technical. <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I keep it, please keep in mind that not everybody in our audience, myself included, is like a super expert on AI, but I'm just, I'm really curious yeah. as to how you. No, yeah. I mean, we can, we can, we can speak in plain English. Uh, I will try at least. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I believe you've no. got this. <laughs> <laughs> just think about it, right? Um, all of our devices are connected to the internet and the data is ultimately going somewhere and landing somewhere. Let's just say, you know, it is landing in the big tech servers. Yeah. Um, if you, for example, today, uh, it looks like you have presence on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Oh, we're right. You leave, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you leave Twitter, you, you basically are uh, leaving the data behind and more, more importantly, you're also leaving your community behind, right? It, yeah. It's not like you're carrying that community alongside with you. Uh, so how do you shift that narrative? Like 
by shifting the narrative, I mean the the value that is being created on these platforms is because you are creating that network and you are asking your friends, you are creating uh, the data in it. And from a technical standpoint, we simply make the uh, ownership of the data that uh, you are creating uh, to yourself. Uh, what exactly does that mean technically? Uh, right now, if you look at the terms of service or privacy policies or in, or for any of the big tech companies, it will clearly say the data is owned by them. Uh, do you know how hard is it to export your actual data feed that you post on LinkedIn or Facebook for yourself? It's extremely hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> because the aggregation of the data is what is creating these personal recommendation systems and you know targeting ads for you, uh, again, um, that uh, unlock some businesses. So what we do in here is we uh, use some of the uh, blockchain technologies. It's almost like having uh, keys to your home where you have your personal assets and the physical assets at your home that belongs to you. We do that digitally for the data, right? We give you the keys, then say, hey, all the data behind this keys belongs to you. This is your asset. Yeah. And not only yeah. that, because these you have all these like digital assets and content and, and things that you are creating and consuming, will make it useful for you. It's the utility, it's the model that will actually replicate your thoughts, your voice. Uh, by doing so, you can actually recall any of your past experiences. In fact, you can share your AI with other people, like similar to how you would make a phone call and talk to them. Um, so from a technical standpoint, it's as simple as like holding a key and giving that authentically and you know guaranteeing that ownership to the users. We use blockchain for that. And from an AI, uh, perspective, it's simply code, right? So when the code is executed on the data that is individual to you, it is like you are wise and there is no bias. Yeah. It is not using internet of data. It's not aggregating a bunch of people and then you have to figure out, oh, how do I anonymize this data? How do I remove bias from here? Because I only have, you know, 10% of the data coming from a specific, you know, segment and then it biases like the algorithms and everything else. So I think that's probably the simplest way I could explain. Um, <laughs> I, think uh, I think I caught about 80% of it. So, you know, okay, great. I feel like we're good there. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, like if you're, if you're talking about a highly, I, I was actually kind of laughing, I'm going to be honest, because you keep on talking about these very, very sexy topics, like things that are just like very much a part of the zeitgeist of, of tech, like <laughs> blockchain, AI, augmented reality. And I'm just like, oh man, he's doing all the cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> So, so I've been listening to you talk and I like, I understand, but I think that when you're talking about this, like deep technology, uh, you know, 80% is pretty good. So well done. Well done, sir. Thank you. <laughs> well, all right. I'm okay if I get a B grade, so that's yeah, fine. <laughs> that, that, that was, that was incredible. And I, I would just, again, like, I'm just like furiously scribbling because I'm just like, wait, I want to know more. But first things first, uh, I have a very simple question to you, and I'm just going to ask you, have you ever heard of Wix? Sure, of course. In fact, uh, I believe my personal website, Kanaganti.com, is on Wix. That was a secret that I have. I love that so much. You know, we were talking of sexy topics, and I was like, oh, Wix. It came right to my mind. It was Wix. For the folks playing at home, y'all know that Wix has global brand recognition, and they are extremely well-known and competitive within their industry. Um, they, they do great work. 
and they help entrepreneurs, you know, like myself, I've used Wix, like Suman, you know, putting together personal websites. They make it easy for, for folks to create websites. But now another thing that they do, they want to share their knowledge. They have built this global brand. Our friends over at Wix, they're a business building platform, but, and they know a lot about going from startup to a global organization, which I think for a lot of us, that's the goal. Like, of course you wanna see your startup organization grow. And how do you do that? You surround yourself with experts, people who have done it before. And so what Wix has done, they have created a micro podcast series called Ready for Takeoff by Wix. The company's founders and leaders are sharing super short, highly digestible, easy to access lessons designed to help you build better products and teams faster. That is what we all want. Subscribe and follow Ready for Takeoff by Wix right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this show. And now we're going to hop back into it because I think I'm up to like 10 questions that I need to ask you. We're not going to have time to get to them all. But I, I want to actually ask you a personal question. Do you mind? Sure. Okay, here it comes. How does it feel to be at the forefront of a field that is so transformational? Potentially transformational. There you go. <laughs> How does it feel? What are my options? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, I think I think uh, it's the responsibility, and uh, I always say, you know, to investors, to my people, to employees, to the people out there, personal AI and personal AIs for people, it's inevitable. Like there is a lot of science fiction already out there. If you don't do it, somebody else is gonna do it. Yeah. Uh, so I, th I think I think the idea of like how do you do it right and how do you do it with the proper intentions and how do you communicate that well enough that hey, it is uh, uh, it is real. Uh, it's happening today. So I, th I think um, I feel responsible. I feel excited. Um, I also feel. Uh, that I strongly will make a huge impact into the world sometime uh, to a wider population as well. Yeah. Very similar to, so very similar to my, like my previous company. And I think that's kind of what I desire. That's kind of what wakes me up. Um, yes, you know, we will build like great, you know, economic impact and value and everything else. But I think the idea of the things that you create is actually making people happier, make, you know, meaningful impact, you know, increase access yeah. to, you know, their own people. I, I think that makes me uh, feel wanting to do more. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think that's kind of and responsible. I, that, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing proud and responsible. And I actually, oh, I, thank you. yeah, well, I mean, clearly like you're a good guy. Uh, I do, oh. I, I, I'm going to drill down on that responsible piece a little bit because I, I think I, there are so many people out in the world, in our audience, you know, people who are working on technologies like this, who understand that there is great potential in in AI. And, and as you said, you're right, it, it's already happening. It's kind of a, you know, it's a runaway train. And so one, there, there are also people who have deep concerns. Um, you know, I mean, we're getting into kind of, you know, first law of robotics territory and stuff. Like, are we creating systems that we will eventually not be able to control? You know, people have concerns about privacy. People have concerns. Uh, I, I, I actually have a note here on my set list 
how would you respond to people thinking that AI will possibly be the cause of human extinction? Uh, and so I'm, I'm asking you to, to speak to that a little bit. What about the people who have grave concerns about the fact that we are creating technology that might outstrip our, our own ability to understand, control, and create that positive, meaningful change? Yep, sure. Uh, the concern is real, right? And we cannot ignore it. What we can do is we can try to figure out how exactly, what are the mechanisms, uh, what are the tools that we are putting in place to address those concerns. For example, uh, you mentioned control. I think control is super important. Like, So how do we create this sort of technology where it's not wild, wild west, but that individual person, that individual human being, their AI, uh, you are in control control of everything that is going into it. In a way, what I would rather say is whatever happened in the last 15 to 20 years, consumers or individual people were not in control because they were enjoying the experiences on the internet by virtue of giving away some of the data and some of their thoughts, some of their you know, personal uh, uh, you know, thoughts to, 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 to somewhere else. And you know, people didn't care. Um, so I think by virtue of giving control to people uh, for their data, for their models, and ability to actually guarantee that this is indeed your data, only you can access it, um, is important. And uh, the first principles for this company is just that, is <laughs> privacy. Uh, control of the data and the ownership. And and you, you may ask like why, you know, we, we can go ahead and make like big bucks by aggregating all the data, but that's not the point. There are already companies doing that. So we are not in the business of uh, monetizing the data. We are in the business of monetizing the utility that we create for people and the value that we create. The other thing is like, look, memories, like we are talking about replicating memories and creating a digital memory vault for each individual. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. Memories are private, they are personal, and we got to respect it. Like there is no other way I would do this company, <laughs> yeah. right? Because yeah. I wouldn't fundamentally accept it myself. Uh, so why wouldn't I create like a product yeah. for other people? Yeah. Uh, so I think there is a lot that goes into the principles and the choices that you make as a technology. And, and these are hard choices, right? How do you solve creating this sexy AI models for individuals by still keeping the privacy and the ownership of the data to individuals, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's where, that's what makes us a deep tech company. Uh, that's what takes us, you know, a lot of money to be able to, you know, put these solutions out there. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately when people start to realize the benefits and the experiences which are already happening with, you know, our current, you know, cohort of people who are creating their AIs, who are basically like thought leaders, yeah. You have the writers and authors and uh, you know content creators and the bloggers um, who have existing communities uh, who are creating their AIs to create like a novel new consumption way rather than just simply passively interacting with their content. Now they're actively interacting with their lives. So that's like a huge step up in terms of utility for people. So yeah, so I think I think that's probably my response to your concerns. I think concerns should be valid and people should... Uh, have these concerns and then validate, okay, what a company is doing so that you can actually establish that trust. So we are not asking for trusting the company. We are asking actually trusting for their own AIs. The, yeah. the trust in here yeah. for us is 
between Lauren and Lauren's AI, because if you are able to trust your own AI and how, uh, you know, what goes in it is is essentially <laughs> what what comes out of it. Right. Um, and that naturally extends to other people. So if people trust Lauren, you know, they should, that, that, that trust should extend to your personal AI because you trust your personal AI. And that's why yeah. it is personal AI. Yeah. It is not somebody's, somebody else's AI. It's not a bot. It's not trained on something else. So It's your are, mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Again, I'm just like, all the questions. I'm so sorry I interrupted. Continue. Sorry, I get, just get passionate, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> no, 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 I get it. Well, I was going to ask, like, what about the people who aren't trustworthy? I hope people trust me, but, you know, and, and I think I'm worthy of trust. But what about the people who aren't? Yeah, so the that's also in your control, right? Um, whether you use your AI for your own cognition, I will give a like specific use case. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so let's say I'm I'm a I'm a writer, right? I write a whole bunch of like novels or stories or content, and most of my creativity comes from my past experiences with you know, people and thoughts that I'm gathering and collecting and consuming. Now, all that historical like creations and consumptions that happens in your past life and maybe you know the books that you wrote the blogs that you write all goes into this ai um now uh that personal ai of mine is uh helping me create the next article next story how um by uh collaborating with me writing and generating now it's kind of gets technical uh, some of the inspirations that I would benefit from. Now, the cool thing is this is all generations or writings or suggestions that is coming from my own historical past life that I have done over, you know, period of time. Uh, and I think that's beautiful because now I'm basically augmenting myself by digging deeper into my own, you know, contents and creations from the past um, to write my next article or story because guess what? I mean, humans' cognitive capacity is limited. I, you know, nobody can remotely synthesize all the things that they have. Right. But you can use a little bit of help from, you know, AI kind of like telling or creating uh, some suggestions and some drafts for you. Um, and from in the, in the business setting, like, you know, drafting emails for you. I mean, you're still in control whether you want to send it, whether you want to edit it, whether you want to publish it. So goes back into... And the control, like make make the control, give the control to the creator, to the thought leader, or to the human person uh, and let them figure out if, you know, who wants to access it, who wants to not access it. Um, and even, you know, what, what goes in it and what not goes in it. Yeah. Whew. That's so much to unpack. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, please don't be sorry. Um, I I love these kinds of conversations where each each thing that's said begets more things to be said. Uh, <laughs> you know, data and information to be analyzed, and then you know, input. Um, all right. So I'm actually I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack. This is something that I like to do in my episodes. Um, you know, that, that practical, tactical advice, you know, our listeners are entrepreneurs. They are not all operating in AI spaces, deep tech fields. And so what I'm going to ask you is if you could talk to our listeners and tell them something that they need to know or need to understand or ways that they could 
applicably apply, I know I just said that, uh, <laughs> you know, the principles of AI or use of AI in their work and in their life, what would you like to say to them? What could our listeners learn from you today that they can use in their lives tomorrow? Mm, interesting. I don't consider myself a wise man to give advice, but uh, here it goes. Very uh, wise. <laughs> <laughs> here it goes. Uh, I believe, I, th- I think for entrepreneurs, for founders, even with AI or even without AI, I think it's important to kind of almost like forecast the trends of what's going to happen in the world by understanding what is happening today and historical uh, uh, kind of trends. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, uh, just, just this, just this core idea that people are going to be, you know, worried and uh, about their privacy even more than ever before. People are going to uh, demand ownership of the data more than ever before. So I think when we are trying to, you know, create experiences, solve the problems, I think understanding a little bit of what is expected of human behavior or at least like customers that you are serving in advance, I think is super important. Second thing is more generally, um, is this is this core idea that, you know, it is true that founders, entrepreneurs do fall in love with the technology because we just get so passionate about it. Right now, there is a whole suite of uh, conversations and fight that is happening between Web 2 and Web 3. And we don't like Web 2 people. We don't like Web 3 people. But if you just pause on a second and just think about, okay, Web 2 is a you know set of technologies. Web 3 is a set of technologies. And uh, I want to solve a problem. I want to solve a problem and create an experience. And what are the appropriate pieces of elements of technologies that I can put together to you know, solve something? Yeah. Uh, so, so I think I think it's, it's it's a hard thing to do actually because it's an easy thing to say, but really pushing the needle on solving or uh, fa- falling in love with the problem and not the tech and especially in the current days of like you know blockchain and the AI, the data ownership, the fight between Web two and Web three. There is a tons going on. Yeah. So just just uh, if you just focus on the core solving the problem and pick the piece of the technologies that is available to you today because it's going to change and we are going to adapt um, uh, and, you know, create like meaningful impact uh, in the near soon. Uh, I think it's probably one thing that I would say to other other founders or entrepreneurs if it is worth. Okay. Well, no, I, I think that that is, that is excellent. Well, excellent thoughts. Uh, for sure. And now I'm going to ask you for a silly thought because we have come up to the human <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, if you could choose someone to play you in a movie about your life, who would you pick? Uh, okay, so somebody else is playing me? Somebody is, yeah, somebody is playing you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, sorry about that. Um, and it can be somebody that you like and, or it can be somebody who looks like you. It's open to interpretation. Oh, maybe I will pick Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. All right. <laughs> do you just like his style? Do you feel, do you feel like you want to be Maverick? Yeah, more or less. 
Okay, okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to call you Maverick for the rest. You said of I could pick anybody, so I pick him. <laughs> there, there are no rules. Uh, and so yeah, now I'm gonna call you Mav. Uh, congrats. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that was that was absolutely wonderful, and and I have to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time. I I have re- I feel like I have received years worth of education in the space of about 40 minutes, and I want to thank you for that. And oh. Thank you for being on the show. So friends, uh, well, speaking of friends, we're going to talk about friends here for a moment. This was actually a really great episode of Startup Hustle Podcast. I think they're all great, but I'm a little biased. Uh, But this one was super fun for me. Another really, really, really great thing out there. We're going to talk about Wix again. Uh, Wix made today's episode possible. And they are the sponsors of this episode. They are here for you. If you are an entrepreneur or a founder trying to figure out how to successfully navigate the rocket ship that is hypergrowth, I think we all know about those frustrations. Do you want to take control over your company's online presence internally and externally? Our friends over at Wix Enterprise can help. Wix Enterprise is a platform that provides businesses with an all-in-one solution for all types of growth and business needs. You can create really high-performing websites for your business, and they're all backed by enterprise-grade security. Uh, They have expert support. They can help you manage and scale online. Head over to Wix.com for more information. And friends, just a reminder, uh, Matt DeCourcy, our leader, one of our founders and our leader, an amazing dude, just wrapped up a series on NFTs. So keep an ear out for those episodes. Definitely check them out. As always, friends, we are so grateful that you choose to spend this time with us week after week. Keep on coming back and we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.